The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe. And if you're listening across the Big Blue View Radio Network, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, your two and five Giants face the arch-rival enemy stadium-sharing interloping New York Jets this weekend and and here to help me discuss that and all things Giants is Charlotte Carroll of The Athletic. I think this is the first time we've had Charlotte on the show so uh, so welcome to our wonderful program. Thanks so much for having me on Ed. It's it's fun to see you via Zoom and via stream instead of in the media room. Hey you know it's uh, this is this is my my beautiful, lovely office with a mostly blank wall behind me. You know, un- unfortunately, as long as I've been doing this and as long as I've been promising myself that I'm going to rearrange this office, all my good stuff, all my granddaughter's decorations and all my pictures of my grandkids and and my, I don't know if you can see this, my, my Daniel Jones bobblehead and all of that stuff, it's all in front of me. So, so none of my good stuff is behind me where people can see it and where it looks like I have nothing in this, you know, nothing in my life here. <laughs> hey, I can, I can relate to that. I'm on blur. So I'm, you're already winning. Hey, hey, it is what it is, you know, but, uh, but we, but we do the best we can. So, Hey, I, let me, let me start with, let me start with this. You know, it's, it's Tuesday afternoon as we record for Wednesday, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to uh, to Kay Adams this morning, where Daniel Jones does his uh, does his weekly s- spot with uh, with Kay. Did and I got the impression when I listened that we're in the same spot with Daniel that we were last week, where he he can do everything except get hit, which leads me to wonder if he's going to miss another game. You get you feel the same way. Yeah, I have the same impression. I kind of walked away. He it didn't explicitly say he was cleared for contact, um, and it sounds like he can, as he, you mentioned, do everything but that. But it's kind of important to be cleared for contact to play the game. So it's definitely going to be just like the last two weeks have been, kind of up and down, kind of waiting it out, um, mm-hmm. hoping for those Dable updates on what that oh, looks those, like. Those, those Dable updates where he uses words that say nothing? 
<laughs> you know? um, we know he's at least cleared or not cleared for contact from those. This is, this, this is, yeah, this, this is true. I, I, I love Dave's, but he, he is, he, he's an absolute master of telling us nothing. The Belichick telling, way. Yes, the Belichick way. He learned very, very well. But, you know, I'm a little worried about Daniel at this point, to be honest with you. I mean, when when he hurt his neck in 2021, he practiced for weeks and said the same thing. I'm not cleared for contact. I can do everything, but I'm not cleared for contact. Mm -hmm. And then they finally put him on IR. And I he says this isn't the same injury. He says it's not as serious, but I'm starting to wonder if that's just sort of media speak for the rest of us and for our benefit. And I'm starting to wonder when we're going to see the guy again. Yeah, no, I mean, I wasn't around um, that season. So I've kind of leaned on my beat partner, Dan Duggan for the little history kind of lesson and what that was actually like. Um, so I think it's, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, obviously I'm not a doctor. So trying to make comparisons on that injury and what that was <laughs> is, is tough. Um, but yeah, it's not encouraging that it's just kind of like, oh, I'm getting better. And, and he just keeps missing being able to play contact, I should say. He's not missing mm -hmm. practice. He's there. Right. Um, but I'm with you. I'm not quite sure when we'll see him again. And he seems upbeat enough as he can be. He's in the locker room. He's obviously participating. He's doing what he can. But it, it's a matter of getting on the field. Do you listen to those interviews he does with Kay Adams every week? I do. I mean, we kind of have to because it's the only I, update we get on him. Um, and it's it's fun to see what Kay does, too, because Daniel is so focused when he talks with us and you don't get a ton of his personality. So it's no. fun to watch Kay try to to kind of bring break that I, out of him a little bit. I listened to the very first one that that he was on with her and and she was like tearing her hair out at wit's end, <laughs> like trying to get him to say stuff and like. I need to send her flowers or something because she, I don't know where she comes up with half the questions she comes up with, but she actually gets personality out of Jones, which I didn't know existed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of fun. And, and you hear about his personality from his teammates and those he's around. So we don't get to see it because he's not, I don't know, maybe not as comfortable he's, with us. And well, he's, he's, he's he, He's on display kind of a thing. Right. He's, 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 doing in, the, he's doing the Eli thing and just burying it and making sure he says nothing that's going to land on the back page that he doesn't want to land on the back page. <laughs> exactly. But I did learn uh, he's not seen the Little Giants. I've also never seen the Little Giants. So I can't be too mad <laughs> at him with his but, movie choice because I've never seen that movie. But have you ever dressed up as Steve Smith for Halloween? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's uh, that that was that that was entertaining. But uh, let's, you know, the thing that keeps coming up with Jones, and I'm I'm interested to see where you're at on this. And I wrote about it today. I actually wrote a little bit about it Monday. I'm on the if he's healthy, he has to be the quarterback train. And I know that that Brian Dable. I don't think he intentionally started a quarterback controversy the other day, but he didn't. 100% slam the door on one, but I'm of the belief that if he's healthy, the only right decision for this franchise to make a decision going forward is for him to play, that it's just, it's pointless for Tyrod Taylor to play if Daniel Jones is healthy. I don't know where, where you stand on that. 
Yeah, no, I'm on, on the same mindset. I think it's it's bad that we're at this point of the season and that there is this kind of a controversy that, you know, this is up for discussion given Jones's contract over the offseason and the way that he's kind of supposed to be their guy. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the same that he, he needs to be the one to play. Yeah, I get it. I get the argument that, oh, the offense looks better with Tyrod and this and that. And I get that. And but you there's know, so you, many extenuating circumstances. Ex- too. Exactly. Exactly. But but the problem is we're four and a half years into Daniel Jones career and we're still debating what is he, what can he be, what can't he be? And and we're still we're still trying to figure it out. No, yeah. I mean, I wasn't here for the early portion of his career, obviously. I my first season was last year, so I started and, and came in right as the the Daniel Jones kind of what is he? Is he going to stick around? Are they going to resign him? That whole debate last season. So seeing it in this iteration is just like, okay, it continues and it's going yep. to continue. Um, and I, and this, the start has not helped his cause. The injuries no, haven't helped. He's injured no. again and the line. It's just a lot of a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah, but I, I mean, what I tell people is, you know, Joe Shane and Brian Dable came in when you came in. And as far as they're concerned, what happened before they got there doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What what they need to see is what he does for them now and what they think he can be. So, you know, what I what I say is what they tried to build around him in the offseason, we haven't seen it yet because of all the injuries. We just haven't seen him, you know, with, with Saquon really because the Dallas game, Saquon was useless because of the score and the offensive line's been a mess and the game plans have been a mess and and the defense didn't play well for the first three or four weeks. So I would like to see him with a functional football team around him and, and, and let the Giants know if he's their guy or not because they're headed for a top five, top seven pick. So be nice to know if they need to be in the quarterback market. Exactly. So ideally, they'll get that answer sooner than later. I mean, you I was under the impression too, no matter what with Daniel, I don't want him out there for the amount of money you're paying him with the line that they've been kind of shift, like having to like kind of make shift. I think it's settled down a little bit more in the past couple of days um, mm-hmm. or past couple of games, excuse me. Um, but still, it's just like there's so much fluctuation and having to like him to stay on his feet has been hard. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know about you, but when it comes to the offensive line, certain things you can't do anything about. Andrew Thomas getting hurt. I mean, you you could maybe not get a field goal blocked in week one and have him try to chase the guy down, but he got hurt. You can't do anything about that. John Michael Schmitz got hurt. You can't do anything about that. But when I look at it, and I like Joe Shane. I think Joe's done a really good job here in, in two off-seasons. But I look at some of the the decisions that the Giants made and the one that's, you know, the backup offensive line is one, the punt returner is another one. And you wonder what they were thinking because the the lack of depth has really been exposed. I mean, I'll say I will I don't think I've ever paid attention to the offensive line as much as I have to the start of this season, nor really cared about it ever. And I don't think I'll ever overlook it again <laughs> on that one. And it's it's something I will definitely be paying attention to more. It's it's one of those things that, you know, I've been doing this now since two thousand and seven with this team and ever since the 
probably the second Super Bowl. It's been a topic of conversation. Every year it seems to be about the offensive line because ever since that that Snee Soybert deal, you know, McKenzie O'Hara offensive line, ever since it got old, the Giants haven't been able to get it right. So it's it's something that that I hear about every year. So it's it, it's always at the forefront. Maybe someday it won't be. That'll be a good thing. Yeah, that'll be a good good change of pace. Yeah, my my uh, beat partner Dan did a nice story, kind of looking into the history of it, and I didn't realize how far it dates back. Obviously, that's been a conversation among fans and, and on Twitter X, I should say. But to actually kind of see it laid out and, and how things have been is just like, oh, okay, they just haven't been able to to get it right. Yeah, we'll just call that the platform formerly known as Twitter. By the way, <laughs> That's, we'll, just, we'll just we'll just we'll just refer to it that way. Oh, right? I still call it Twitter. I yeah, so do trying I. Trying to call it X, and I just can't get my mm-hmm. my words to say, even though that's easier in theory. Mm-hmm. So do I. I. I have to ask you. You know, last year you said was your first year. You know, covering the Giants, and and we know that, but they did well last year, nine seven and one. They win a playoff game. I didn't see this. I didn't see this sort of disaster come in the way that this season started. I mean, I mean, are are you in that same sort of, you know, how did it get this bad this fast boat? You know, trying to figure that one out. Yeah, I mean, I think there was always the possibility. I don't want to say regression, but that like they almost overachieved in year one. So whether they could like sustain that so easily in, in the next year and the way they they won games last year too so close and kind of things just going their way. Obviously they played well enough to win those games, but some of those stuff, it's like, okay, would that happen again? Like two out of three times kind of a situation. Um, and the schedule too. I mean, you don't want to like think about that too much, but that did, didn't do them any favors with the start that they had and then the teams that they've had to face this year. So I don't want to say I like I expected regression. No, it was kind of like, okay, it's a possibility, I guess, but I definitely thought, um, didn't expect them to be sitting at this record at this point so, and things so, so bad with injuries. <laughs> this is true. So you and Dan have more sources in the league within the league than, than I do. So I, I, I have an assignment for you guys. You guys need to go find out who John Mara ticked off. Who did John Mara tick off so bad that they handed him this first six week schedule? You know, what, what did John Merritt do to Roger Goodell? We, we, we need to know. <laughs> I don't know if I'll get the answer to that one. <laughs> I don't know if there oh, is an answer. <laughs> I don't know, but but I, but he had to do something because that's that schedule, who they played, and and the amount of of travel. You know, two West Coast games back to back like that. That was that was rough. Yeah, I'm. I haven't caught up on my sleep yet. It's whatever. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep track of what day it is and struggling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I struggle with that too. And when I when I go down to the stadium, you know, for for some of these games, it's like it's two days before I feel like a human being again. Yeah, the night games are really tough. And in theory, it, I mean, it's more fun. It's prime time. Everyone's watching. Um, the Giants obviously don't have a, a great prime time record at the moment, and with Daniel Jones. Um, but it's fun. It's supposed to be a good time, but you're just there till two, three in the morning writing and it's, you have to be up early the next. It's just, it's a slog. So having two back to back 1 PM games is wonderful. Yes. And we're, we're whining now because (laughs) there are a lot of people who would love to have the the jobs that we have. We're whining now, but, but I'm too old to be working at two o'clock in the morning. 
Way I too old like, for that. I'd like to think I, I don't want to be working at two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, but it is what it is, and uh, you know, I'm I'm like you. I'm I'm happy that there are some some one o'clock games. What do you uh, what do you think of of Sunday? I mean, I think it's hard to figure out how to how to look at Sunday because. We have no idea who's playing for the Giants at this point. We have no idea if Daniel's playing. We have no idea if Andrew Thomas or John Michael Schmitz or Evan Neal are playing. So and even if they are playing, I have no clue, you know, who's gonna be who's gonna be at the guard spots. Yeah. So. It's it's hard to kind of figure out where this offense is gonna be. I think the one thing you could rely on at this point, and I actually wrote about this on Sunday, was that the defense is is shaping up to be kind of reliable. They've had a, a much stronger, like, last two weeks. They seem to be gelling. Bobby Okereke is finally kind of emerging as the guy we thought he'd be. Kayvon Thibodeau is, is even playing really well. Um, so, if anything, the defense should be good. I think we'll kind of have a, a defensive showdown with the Jets' defense being so good as well. Um, Offense-wise, for both teams, I'm not quite sure what to expect because yep. the Jets' defense is really good and could probably tear apart this line um, very easily. So, but the kind of the same could be said for this Giants' defense and uh, Jets' line and, and quarterback right. situation. I have said this to everybody so far. It seems like Tuesday, you know, as we record, it's Tuesday, and it seems like I've spent my day doing radio interviews and podcast interviews, and now I'm doing my own show, and I keep telling everybody, the over and under is 36 and a half, and if you put your money on the under, this is Zach Wilson, and this is the Giants' 12 points a game offense against the Jets' defense, so put your money on the under. <laughs> I think that's pretty wise advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh and when this turns into a 30 to 27 shootout, I'm going to look like a goofball. That's always the way it works though. You know, we use our insights and then, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and then and then and then our insights blow up in our faces. One of these days, one of these days, if I ever write a book, if I ever write a book, which I have not done, you know, that's only for retired guys like Gary Myers and, and, and you know, and, and folks like that. Although I do have a friend who's still working, who's written eight or 10 books. But, but if I ever write a book, I think it's going to be titled Stupid Things That Bloggers Say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go right back because I think the very first column I ever wrote for Big Blue View was about Eli Manning and whether or not he was he was capable of being a, a championship winning quarterback because that was before he had won a title. So, Oh, wow. So I think, uh, that aged well. <laughs> yeah. That aged really well. Probably, probably a lot of other things over 15, 16 years that, that have aged, uh, poorly as well. So <laughs> maybe one of these days I'll put together that book. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, we, we get so deep into the nitty gritty with the Giants and sometimes it's sometimes it's nice. One of the things that I always try to do, I get these phone interviews with guys on Tuesdays and I know like today, Kayvon Thibodeau did a, a thing with Campbell's Chunky Soup for hunger and all that. I like talking to some of these guys about some non-football things. I'm just curious over the couple of years that 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 you've done this with this team you know, what are some of the things, what are some of the, maybe a couple of the stories that you've done that were, that weren't maybe the deep nitty gritty things, you know, where you've kind of had some fun and kind of learned some things about guys that, 
that that are interesting yeah i'm trying to think back everything's a blur at this point um but from a perspective of reporting and, and relationship building i think that's what i've really enjoyed about the job so far is that i came from the college basketball world i was up covering uconn basketball which i loved um, but what's different about the NFL and the way the media is structured and, and media availability is you're in the locker room every day or every day in theory that you're at practice for the most part. Um, so you can kind of just go up to whoever and talk to them and, and start to get to know them as people instead of just as football players. So I've really enjoyed that. Um, I think probably the best example of that would be, I think I did a locker room survey last year. I did do a locker room survey, not I think. Um, where, you know, you ask some football questions and you're getting it, but you're also asking like personality kind of questions and they're offering their input and you're talking to maybe a guy at a time and he calls out for someone just like right across the locker to get his advice. So that kind of interaction and then those things have been really fun. Yeah. I love those kinds of moments. I love like, like I have a running joke going with Jalen Hyatt about the, about the, the, the wispy little mustache that he that he tries to grow that that never seems to go anywhere Damn. <laughs> <laughs> is that yeah. a joke <laughs> yeah we have a we have we have a running a little running joke going about that oh. because i i asked him about the mustache way back in training camp and, and he just started to laugh and he said yeah he said he said I, i'm trying i'm trying but i can't grow what you've got on your face he said but i'm trying <laughs> So, so so we have a we have a little running joke going about that so those things are kind of nice because you get to know these guys a little bit and i know people and I, you probably get the same thing people people are still talking to me they get oh you get to talk to nfl players and you get to do all of that and i'm like yeah but it's a job yeah. you know it, it it's gets work. to it's it's work and it's what you have to do but i mean i get it because people would love that opportunity they would love to to be able to do it, but it becomes work. And there are days they don't want to see you either. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and it's not always you go into a locker room after a loss. It's, it's not always pleasant. You have to do their work. And that's part of, Mm -hmm. I think when, when you're there all the time and you're being able to kind of build those relationships, like there's a level of respect. It's like, okay, I know this is not ideal. You don't want to do this, but it's kind of just like, you know, we're both doing Mm -hmm. our jobs. We both have, have this to do. Mm -hmm. And I'll respectfully ask these questions. Exactly. And I find I when when we talk about something like that, I think about Evan Neal. Mm-hmm. All right. I think about Evan Neal because I get asked about Evan Neal all the time. And people want to compare Evan Neal to a guy that, you know, that I covered, that I was in the locker room around a few years ago. They want to compare Evan Neal to Eric Flowers. And I get that based on performance. But Evan Neal is so far from Eric Flowers in terms of personality, accountability, responsibility, work ethic, and those kinds of things. You know, I remember Evan Neal sitting there last year as a rookie after giving up three sacks to Demarcus Lawrence. And, and you know, I think you, you were probably in that scrum too. Mm-hmm. And he sat there and he answered every question. And yeah, he had his rant this year, you know, against the fans where he kind of snapped and, but he's a good guy. He's a, he's an accountable guy. He wants to do this well. And, and and I don't know about you, but I gain respect for these guys when they, when they'll stand up and, and take responsibility like that. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's part of being a a person is being able to do that. So I think it speaks to a person's character when, when they do that. 
Um, curious, we talked a little bit about the defense. Um, what have you thought of? Uh, and I know you've written some about the defense lately. What do you? What have you thought of of Tay Banks? Yeah, he's he's a fun player. He is. You've just kind of at the beginning of camp, you saw him struggle. I mean, he's a rookie, obviously coming into the NFL first training camp. Um, but one of the things that was said about him and really highlighted by Wink Martindale, defensive coordinator, is his like goldfish mentality and ability to kind of just, you know, forget things, whatever, um, move on to the next. And you kind of really see that as the seasons progressed and his ability to just kind of go from one to the next. And he played really well on Sunday, I think was the day. Yes. yes. <laughs> Game was played, really, played really on well Sunday. on Sunday. Oh, my brain. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I uh, I love the toughness. I was going to say yesterday, know. and it's already Tuesday, so that's obviously mm-hmm. not the case anymore. Um, yeah. I knew the game was Sunday. <laughs> yep, I know. I I love the kids' toughness. Yeah. You know, I love the I love the the willingness to tackle and the willingness to to guard Stephon Diggs and Terry McLaurin and and hold his own as a rookie. You know, I think I think there's, you know, I, I think there's there's very little doubt that he's going to be a good player. Exactly. Yeah. No, he's been fun to watch emerge and he's confident and he's there when plays need to be made. And he had some big moments, not only the interception, but he kind of had a big play um, before the the one that set up the block field goal. He was in coverage on that third and five situation or the last third and five situation of the game on Sunday to set up the fourth and five. So you're seeing good stuff from him. Yeah, he 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 doesn't like to talk to us, though. <laughs> he really I like doesn't. talking with him. He's he's he's, he's a fun guy. But but he doesn't, you know, and, and I I have some good conversations with him, but but he's not going to give you much in a scrum. He's just except he'll give you a few. You feel me? <laughs> give me okay. he'll give you some of those. I like talking with all the guys. Yeah, he's he's fun, but he's uh, but he's a he's a tough quote. Um, just your thoughts real quick before we wrap up. Just your thoughts on. Uh, was there 10 games left? Now I'm trying to I'm trying to figure it out too. 10 I've games left. You. <laughs> You've confused me. I'm I'm confused enough. But <laughs> I mean I give you an over and under on I give you an over and under of 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 7. Oh, I hate the over unders. I hate the math questions. I hate the betting questions and hot takes. Oh, I don't do but math either, but I'm just you- I'm trying to realistically think about the remaining schedule. And I think it's possible that they can close out um, with the seven. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to think they're at a good point of the schedule right now. I mean, in theory, Mm -hmm. they're going to start to get healthy. They've got Vegas. They've got um, who's after Vegas. They go to Dallas. So that one will be tough. Um, They've got Patriots and commanders again, so they can go on a little run here. And and that could be Mm -hmm. a good boost of momentum. Sure. I just think, I just think that for the giants still, even coming off of last year where, they made the playoffs. Maybe people got a little overexcited or expected too much. I still think that people need to remember that this is the second year for Joe Shane and Brian Dable and that they're building and they still have a lot of questions to answer. They have questions about Jones and questions about Evan Neal and questions about the rest of the offensive line and which receivers are going to be kept, you know, aside from Wandale and, and Jalen Hyatt. So for me, that's really what the rest of the season is about. It's not about how many games they win. It's about how many questions they can answer as far as, you know, what they need to do going forward. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's a question of, okay, is this team like a playoff team? I don't know. Like we, I've did a story on like playoff odds 
with mm-hmm. after starting one and five, which was really interesting to kind of look at that. Um, but I agree that there's, you know, unanswered questions and we'll see if this is a team that's in conversation for a remains in conversation for a top five draft pick. Yeah. And, uh, and how they would use it is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's one of the reasons why I think it's important for Daniel Jones to get back on the field. Honestly, if he can't get back on the field, if this turns into an extended absence for him, I think that's a big part of the answer as to whether they need to go and get a quarterback in the draft. Yeah, definitely. Because that's that would be two times in three years he missed significant time with the same injury. So, But anyway, Charlotte, I appreciate you spending some time just uh, let folks know uh, what you've got coming up at The Athletic, where they can find you on your socials if uh, if they don't follow you already. Yeah, we know we got some good stuff. It's Jets Giants week, so that should really excite the fans and, and the New York area. Um, and Twitter, or X, formerly known as Twitter, is just Charlotte Carroll, C-H-A-R-L-O-T-T-E-C-R-R-L-L, and same handle for Instagram. All and then right. obviously on The Athletic. There you go. All right, Giants fans, thank you very, very much for listening. Please stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.